0: Welcome to the DEI podcast. My name is Jessica Brown, the Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for St. Clair County Community College. Thank you all of you for being with me today. And on today I have the honor and privilege of having Mrs. Jessica Flynn with me today. She works for St. Clair County Community College since January of 2009, starting out as a financial aid officer before moving to advising. Uh, She was also an admissions representative for U of M Flint and have worked for private industry in sales and management. And most importantly, she is a first-generation college student, which is relatable to a lot of our students here at uh, Sinclair County Community College. Thank you, Jessica, for being with me today. It is an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you, Jessica. I'm glad to be here. And so we're just going to dive right in, um, talking about what is going on within the advising office.
1: Yeah, so it's been a, a fun year, as it has been for everyone, right? right. Yeah. Um, we really had to do a shift. Uh, advising prior to COVID was one-on-one appointments, you know, in an office with a closed door. So we really had to kind of make an adjustment there. We quickly adjusted. I'm very proud of my staff because they, they went home and we figured it out. Um, we do video and phone appointments now. So it's a little bit different. Um, we've had to adjust to not having that face-to-face with the student, but I think at the same time, I think it's made us better advisors, and I think it's giving us a unique opportunity to connect more with students. Um, it's, it's not the same as if you have someone in front of you, you give them a piece of paper. Right. There's more follow-up, so you know, you're going over concepts, broad ideas by phone. Uh, we do a lot of follow-up by email, but the students seem to be coming back, so it, it feels like there's repeat business in that aspect, which is what we want advising. You want that connection, that relationship, and for that student to keep coming back. So yeah. it's, while it's been a struggle, I think it's a positive thing for us and our students making those connections. And, and the student knows they can come back to us. It doesn't have to be an appointment. They can come back to us just by an email. And we can keep, keep that communication going, keep the information between the advisor and the student. So it's it's been an interesting year. Um, You know, everyone keeps saying about going going back to normal. (laughs) Um, I don't know that we're going to go back. I think this is a new normal. And I think it's a good thing.
0: It is a good thing. And for you to say that it has been very unique is putting it nicely. (laughs) It's been unbelievable. And to navigate, especially with our students, um, takes a special group of people. And as you know, working with our community college students, there's so many different layers. And today um, on this podcast, I call it the perspective because it actually is going to take us down so many different avenues of how you advise students and what does that mean for our college. Mm -hmm. And from a diversity standpoint, we are getting students from all over and we want to make sure that we navigate the resources to meet their needs. So when you think about What does it mean to advise a student? Can you walk me through that?
1: Oh, gosh, absolutely. (laughs) It's not a straight line. So I will tell you that right now. Like, it's not, it's, there's very hard to say, okay, welcome to advising. You're a new advisor. Mm -hmm. You're going to do step A, then step B, then step C. You're kind of having to shift and pivot all the time because each student that comes in or you're talking to on the phone or by video is very different That's a huge part of advising, is realizing that student is an individual with individual needs, individual struggles. It's not as easy as just saying, oh, you're going for this associate degree, here's your sheet of classes, best of luck, I'll see you at graduation. If only it were that easy. You know, there's a lot of things between the application process to even getting to that point of knowing where where they're going, what are their educational goals? So there's a lot of education involved. Uh, We're teaching students how to do college. That sounds really kind of strange, but I think we mistakenly believe students come to college knowing what to do. And it's a different set of rules, Mm -hmm. different set of terminology they have to learn, and it can get overwhelming. Being a first-generation college student, I made mistakes. I felt dumb sometimes. And didn't want to ask questions because I thought the people at the college were going to judge me. Yeah, I never want a student to feel like that because it probably took me way too long mm-hmm. to get my degree because of that. So I try to use that mm-hmm. when I'm advising students. Um, so it's not just a straight a straight line and a straight path. It's like that student's coming to you. They don't even know. What, what each degree means, what's an associate degree, what's a bachelor's degree. We have to get that sorted out before we can even start talking about, well, what classes are you gonna take in the fall semester? Right. Advising, you know, there's a lot that goes into that student path. They might not be thinking, well, how am I gonna pay for my classes? As an advisor, we have to think about that. Mm-hmm. I can't just tell you to take these four classes and then f- say, well, I guess you'll just figure out payment on your own. That's not fair to the student so you know all the student services have really good relationships with each other we work with the financial aid office we work with the achievement center we work with enrollment because it all intertwines so it's not just i'm just going to advise you to take these 60 credits i'm going to advise you how to get there and go through all these other obstacles that are going to be presented to you but not to get too overwhelmed and know that there is a resource here on campus That will help you with that.
0: And I think when you walk through being a college student and you go over what they need for a degree, transfer requirements, funding, resources, there are so many different avenues on how you teach students to be a college student. And when we talk about bringing in a diversity of students, now you're opening up so many different layers of what that student may need, mm-hmm. from personal assistance to housing, um, to anything that environmentally have a, um, affected them in some kind of way that they bring into the classroom that they may not be successful. Yep. They may be margin- feel that they're marginalized because of the color of their skin or their sexual orientation. Um, There's so many different layers to our students and what those needs mean. What are a lot of the needs of our students that you have experienced?
1: It's been a rough year for our students. Students that, from all over the board, you know, students that are completely capable of handling the college experience are struggling. They're struggling with the transition from on-campus to online. They're struggling because it's not just their college experience that they're trying to deal with. They've been sick. Their family's been sick. They've been working. They've lost their jobs. They've got a lot on their shoulders right now. And there's a lot of just students reaching out saying, I just don't know if I can do it. That goes back into that whole advising mode where it's not just about what you're taking. Then we're just trying to help them survive. Okay, you have a lot on your plate. How can we adjust your schedule? Knowing that there's financial aid implications in there, so I can't just tell you to quit because you might owe back some of your money. There's a puzzle that we have to solve with every single student. The technology issues, you know, we've made some great strides. We've made a lot of our forms fillable by PDF, which is great with a laptop or a computer. We have students trying to do everything on a phone, and they struggle, you know. So I think it's just a lot, you know, and especially when you talk about, Some of the students that are coming from high school to us now, they've been bounced around back and forth or going to class. They're coming back on campus. Then they're going home and then they're back on campus. Then they're I think that's just it's a lot. They need a little bit more stability. We all need more stability. It's 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 not it's not just I need some more stability. Um, It's it's not just that student. So I think we can relate to that. Yeah. You know, uh, we all kind of just like, oh, and I, I talked to a student one day and she's like, I think I just need a good cry. I said, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's meet for smoothies and go have a good cry. You yeah. know, just, it's just a lot. And they just need someone to understand that. They're going to go through struggles that I don't go through yeah. or I can't even imagine. Right. Because of our different backgrounds and things like that, they just need to know that when they have those struggles and they come to an advisor, they're trusted to be like honest and that someone's going to be there to offer them support and some options. So it's it's been tough.
0: Yeah, and I think it speaks so highly of your leadership and your team that you're able to define what those needs are. Sometimes I think we forget the importance of what a community college student means Mm -hmm. in terms of their articulations, in terms of being career- their career preparedness. What does that mean in, their, uh, in this very uncertain time, even more now than ever? It matters so much to be relatable. Yes. And I say this all the time, like you say, always understand the experiences, but to have active listening ears to be there to say, you know what, I may not understand, but I want to be here for you goes so much a long way. And Absolutely. it doesn't matter who you are. Um, And I think that that message needs to circulate even more with our students when they do go through circumstances. And when we talk about even in your role as being a leader, but now we must identify in so many different ways, you being a woman in leadership, Trying to navigate these resources for our students puts a burden on you sometimes on how to navigate what it means to be a woman in leadership and have an active voice for these resources that are needed. Can you share with me what it's like being a woman in leadership?
1: I think I have a bit of an advantage being a woman in charge of an advising office. Because the type of advising that SC4 wants to provide students is very um, interactive, very connected based. So being a woman with maternal instincts, you know, that is very much something that we can offer and, you know, All of the advisors right now are also all women. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can offer that sense of security. So I think that helps as far as being a woman in leadership. Throughout my different roles and different careers I've been in, yes, it's a struggle sometimes. You feel like you're not heard. You feel like you could say something and it kind of just floats off into the ether, but the guy next to you (laughs) says it and then it's a great idea. But, and that can get frustrating. I've learned to kind of just roll with that. Like, you know what? I'm not here to have a gazillion titles. And, you know, as long as the idea that came from me, and I know that in my heart, but it's being carried on and, and implemented, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And I think those small battles are what we have to focus on because yeah. there's struggles out there. You know, I've, I've dealt with struggles in private industry, with harassment. You just have to stand up to it. You have to, you know, go through the proper channels to make sure it's taken care of. And you have to show up the next day. It's super uncomfortable, but you have to do that to prove yourself. I think the hardest part about being a woman in a leadership role is trying to unite other women leaders. It's tough because we have that. We're trying to, to battle the patriarchy. Yeah. But in the when we're trying to get our voices heard, we sometimes have a tendency to battle each other mm-hmm. and try to keep each other down. I don't think we can battle the patriarchy if we're fighting each other. That's hard to try to raise each other up and be happy that we're all trying to get there. But it's a, it's a role that I'm glad I have. It's a role that I think I'm glad to showcase to the students that I work with saying, "Hey, you can do it and there's, you know, someone here to guide you through it." It's a role that I'm glad my son gets to see me do, you know, um, raising a white man in this society, I feel a lot of pressure on that. So I want him to see what I go through and what I can do and so that he will then appreciate that when he's out in the workforce and he will be there to help other women have a voice. So it's not to get too philosophical about <laughs> it, but it's, it can be a big deal, but I think it, yeah. it's it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and
0: I think you said a, lot of, a couple of great things. All of it is great, actually, but um, that maternal instinct is always so... Like, I don't think people mean to devalue it, but it's kind of always, like, watered down. Yeah. Like... Don't be too sensitive or don't be so motherly. And I think that those attributes along with even with our male counterparts, um, when I did the discussion with uh, Dr. Jandi, talking about having that voice and there are our male counterparts who are supportive and saying, wow, I didn't even know that there was this perspective. And I'm telling people it's okay because once you identify it, then we can all work together Mm -hmm. because women bringing these attributes to the table is just another attribute that makes diversity as beautiful as it is, because if I bring something and another co- my colleagues or individual brings something to the table from a different background, a different cultural aspect, having that emotional intelligence to be able to read into it really would bring an organization very far where it needs to go. And I think we, we all have to keep that in mind. I love that you brought out with your son. I mean, I think we all are affected in some kind of way with the climate change that has taken place in our country. And we don't need to point the finger where you're privileged in this and you're privileged in that. Well, how can we come together right, to make all of the privilege in this world work for all of us. Absolutely. That's what makes it um, America. And so what would be your advice, um, being a woman in leadership, um, to other women who say, you know what, I don't think I can do this. I think it's too much. And I have a daughter and she's looking at me one day and I know I will have to have these conversations with her to really define her voice and be confident in who she is. But understand, you know, there are different levels that you may have to face. And to be confident in that, what would be your advice to other women who sometimes are challenged with that?
1: It is scary. It's scary to sometimes put yourself out there. It's worth it, though, because I'm sure you have great ideas. And you've been sitting on these great ideas and you just haven't been able to implement them. Once you get that leadership role, that is your opportunity to do that. Think of the change you can make. Think of the difference you can make in the world if you had that leadership opportunity you know, you need to grab it. You need to make yourself uncomfortable. Um, and you'll grow in the process. You know, you are, it's a constant learning experience and you're learning about yourself and you're learning how to be a better leader with every step that you take. And I would just say, you know, there will be struggles. Don't back down from those. Don't let someone hold you back. You know, if if there's a problem, if you feel like there's harassment, anything along those lines that are going to stop you, you need to speak up. Your Your organization will protect you. That's what they're supposed to do. And you're going to help the people behind you. You're going to help those daughters that are looking up to you and give them those opportunities. There's, it's not a battlefield. It's not, you know, yes, have I had struggles. Sure. But I've also met some really awesome people. I've met some male feminists who are just like, I got your back, Jessica. Mm-hmm. And, and that's huge. And then that man versus woman goes away. You're just counterparts, You're yeah. colleagues, and you're supporting yourself. That's worth the struggle right there. But it's communication, right? Yes. So it's understanding each other's feelings and trying to educate each other. So it's definitely worth it. It's Yes, it's scary, but we have to make ourselves uncomfortable sometimes in order to make change in this world.
0: I agree, and I think the same the concept in theology towards our students, when we look at them and they say, I can't do this, or this is above me, or I'm a first-generation student, so no one in my family has been there. I'm a first-generation student too, and I remember many days wanting to give up, and my mother would look at me and say, you got this. But I think having a word of encouragement and It's going to take a village, I believe you said it. (laughs) It does take a
1: village to graduate a student.
0: (laughs) It takes a village. And sometimes we have to be willing to come out of our comfort zone on what we're used to to develop resources that is going to help our students advance. And so um, the advising team and your leadership has really identified that even through a very horrible pandemic. I mean, I can't imagine what our students have gone through in different levels of their lives to keep it going. So we thank you for your leadership. And thank the team and advising for their leadership in how to uh, navigate all these different changes. Yeah,
1: got a great team. I'm very fortunate to to have the the compassionate advisors on my team that are that care about the student and getting them to their end goal. I'm yeah. very fortunate for that.
0: Well, thank you, Jessica. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. And you know, we hope moving forward that we will continue to make moves for our students and uh, allow them to have the resources they need to be academically and personally successful in their endeavors. And I thank you for being with me today. And thank you for listening in to the DEI Perspective. And everyone have a wonderful day.